How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. Where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Welcome to episode number 89 on this beautiful Sunday morning, uh, depending on where you are in the world. So where I am, it's Sunday morning. And we are going to have a continuation as I have my second two-time guest joining me today where we're going to help you get out of your own way, and we're going to help you attract the things that you want in your life. But first, you know I got to plug the new show. So starting on June 7th, we about to get deep with Robert B. Foster. We'll be debuting. It's going to be a debate show where we're going to have rational conversations about controversial topics because there's too many other debate shows where people just yell and scream and and demean each other. We're going to take these these topics, and we're going to have – Rational discussions. We're going to hear the positives. We're going to hear the other side. I don't want to say negative because people are entitled to, to their opinions. But we're going to hear both sides of, of the issue in an adult, rational manner. So, again, this starts on June 7th. It's going to be myself with five other guests for each show. So this will be on Mondays. And I, I already have booked all the way through the end of September with all five guests. Right, So this first one is going to be about should, should critical race theory be taught in elementary schools? So that's going to be a great debate. So catch it if you can. And this one is going to be streamed solely on YouTube okay? because I want to keep it kind of separate from this show. All right. So it's called, again, We Buy to Get Deep with Robert B. Foster, June 7th. All right. So, again, you know, we got the grind gear, shutupandgrindgear.com. All kinds of options in there. I just expanded the store. So if you want to show your support, and you can check that out. So again, so today, we're going to be talking about you. Okay, we're going to be talking about you. Because you have things that you want to accomplish, but for some reason, you're not accomplishing them. So whether it's a self-limiting belief, whether you don't believe you can, whether you feel like that ship has sailed, that's all nonsense. And my guest and I, we're going to show you how to sift through that nonsense, and we're going to give you actionable steps for you to get to where you want to be and accomplish the things that you want to accomplish so you can live the way you want to live. All right? So, like I said, he's been on the show before, so I don't have a long, drawn-out, extroverted uh, intro form like I did last time, so we're just going to get him back in here. He is the author of the last Law of Attraction book that you'll ever need to read. Welcome back, Andrew Kaplan. Hey, Rob. Thanks so much for having me, my friend. Excited to be the second two-time guest, and people can't tell I'm actually rocking my Derek Jeter shirt, so I'm wearing a number two 
in the spirit of the moment without even realizing I was the second. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> See, meant to be. Yes, sir. All right. So just give everyone a quick recap of your, your background, where, where you're from, what do you do? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you probably tell by the shirt I'm a, you know, born and bred New Yorker. And just in the context of what I'm doing these days, um, I learned about the law of attraction a long time back. Took about four years finding my way, succeeding and failing till I basically lost my business and girlfriend in the same week. Kind of woke up, kind of got an epiphany of saying, listen, maybe I should actually just try to do this without stopping and see what happens. And over a two week to six month process, like from from start to go, things got better and better and better. And every part of my life resolved itself. And it wasn't until 10, 11 years later that I decided to write a book, you know, teaching the techniques I used and trying to give a new perspective so that anyone that had been struggling with the law of attraction or any kind of self-improvement, stopping, starting, never going with it, I wanted to give them a perspective that would hopefully get them out of their way so that once and for all, they want to read a new book, they're fine, but they would never need to do so from that moment on. All right. So you lost your girlfriend and your job in the same week. Oh, yeah. So take us through that through that process. Well, I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, especially like entrepreneurs out there struggling in your business, trying to make something happen. And um, for me, I did it. You know, I'll take the blame to the detriment of the relationship because I was pouring so much you know, time and energy and juice into trying to get that company going. But also I was coming from such a place of lack and inconsistency with both the law of attraction and all my other habits, you know, practical business wise and otherwise that it was just kind of like this tailspin and this thing where it was um, a vicious cycle of, of failure. And when I finally said, you know what, I, I quit. I can't do this anymore. I'm about to lose my relationship. I've got to save that. So I quit. Three days later, I find out it's too late. And she breaks up over text. And like, um, you know, wow. she already made that decision long before. So there was nothing really I can do about it. So here I am waking up on a Monday. I've got a business and a relationship. Here I'm waking up on a Thursday or Friday. And like 90% of my life is is kind of out the window. And that's where obviously I had to take a look in the mirror and be like, all right, what's going on here? What, you know, what have I been doing? Oh, I've been wasting my 20s. Why that's been happening? Oh, well, let me think about that. And I kind of came to this weird epiphany and simultaneous moment of defiance that, you know, well, of all these things I've tried, all the positive mindsets and modalities, that law of attraction thing seemed to work whenever I actually did it, whenever I didn't stop. What if I would finally just do it and not stop this time? What if I would catch myself in the act? What if I would have a good level of self-awareness of, you know, figuring out why I was stopping to begin with so I wouldn't keep falling into that trap? And what if I also made those methods, which are simple gratitude or visualization methods that you can read about in my book or any book worth its salt? What if I did that and tweaked them so that it worked really well for me to help keep me consistent? What if I enjoyed them so much that I had that level of consistency where it was a choice rather than a chore? It was something that I got to do rather than something that I had to do. It was no longer a commitment. Mm -hmm. And it was through that level, through that strategy, through that self-awareness that I had the consistency and that I looked forward enough to it and that it didn't feel like an obligation that I was able to maintain this new level of momentum. And that's when things really started to unfold for me. And I gave the fast version five minutes ago, but like two weeks later, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Three months later, brand new, way healthier relationship. Four months later, making more money than at any point in my life before then. And six months later, um, everything's different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm running on all cylinders. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. And I learned through that experience, not through some guru, not through some book, even though I like mine a lot, not through anything, but through my own life experience that this thing, this law of attraction thing, that's what we'll call it. Maybe it's something else to somebody else. It works when you work it. It works when you're in harmony and consistent with it. And I've taken that life lesson with me ever since. 
See, I love that how you said it works when you work it. Mm -hmm. Because I hear that all the time, especially in the fitness world, where people come come in, they'll they'll come to me and say, you know, I've tried every diet out there. I was like, if you you obviously haven't because you're still out of shape. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like not trying to be rude about it, but but it's true. It's like if if you actually take any one of them, it doesn't even matter which one, take any one of them and work it for an entire year. But most people will do it for two weeks. They don't get the gratification that, that they want. So they'll ditch that one, jump to the next one. All right, now I'll do paleo. Now I'll do intermittent fasting. Now I'll do carb cycling. And it's yeah. like, you know, doing something, anything short term is not trying it. So yeah, you really, have to be in the long thing, game. Yeah. And I'll defer to you because you're the expert. But from where I sit, from my understanding, strategically, that constant pivoting is bad in the sense that, okay, you were starting the intermittent fasting, your metabolism was just starting to adjust, and now you're changing it, and it's got to start over from ground zero. So that pivot to pivot to pivot to pivot, that's not 52 weeks of work. It's two weeks of work followed up starting over another two weeks Mm. weeks of work, and you never actually get where you want to go because, you know, maybe it's just not fun. Maybe you don't have patience. Maybe it's a combination, but um, we're probably on the same page where it's really important to have that self-awareness and do whatever you've got to do, whether it's enjoying it enough or being motivated enough or a combination of something that you just stick with it long enough to get the actual actual results, which will then reinforce the further action into the process. Yes. And also, you know, going along with what you said is that you had to look in the mirror, you yeah. know, and that that's something that a lot of people aren't doing. And myself included, like I was ha- hanging on to a relationship that wasn't beneficial to me either. But, you know, when the heart's involved, it's tough to... To, to let go, but in try, trying to hang on there, I wasn't focused in on business, you know, which was hurt was hurting me financially. So I had two things that weren't working and it wasn't serving me, but I was blaming all the other outside forces. It's like, well, this is happening because of this. This is happening because of that. And then finally, once I stopped and said, you know what? You're screwing this up. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like this relationship is screwed up because you're you screwed it up. This business is failing because you're screwing up. Yeah. And once once I put that squarely on my back, I was like, you know what? This is I have to take steps to to undo all of this and make everything better. Yeah. You know? and, well, what you described there, it actually it takes a lot of bravery because we are when we're looking in the mirror and we're saying we're, we're willing to take responsibility and, and take the blame and take the fault or whatever you want to call it, you're, you're really challenging your worldview because up until that point, everyone around you, they were the ones at fault. Everyone around you is the ones that were screwing you over, whatever it might be. It's an actual threat to your identity and therefore an inherent threat to your survival, at least from some kind of psychological, psychological perspective that you're like challenging this. So it takes a level of bravery and courage to kind of stand up and look at yourself in that way because it feels so foreign to who you are as a person. Therefore, on a certain level, you, you're, your survival is really in doubt. And, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, you're going to have a couple like this really good debate show going on. I, I'm going to be interested to watch, especially people that have to be calm in the face of an opposing view, because mm. I'm of the opinion that whatever you're talking about, whether it's politics, religion, sports, whatever it might be, I think it might be valuable to really identify what you believe and be willing to walk down the road of the opposite and just try to find a convincing argument, if nothing else, to understand the the viewpoint and the perspective of the person you're speaking with so that you can get to another level. But if nothing else, yeah. it's really, it's a mark of an incredible level of emotional maturity and resilience. And you're probably going to catch yourself in the act of being stuck in beliefs that were no longer, that were never serving you and are actually setting you up for more failure without you even realizing it. 
Yes. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to di- digress off the topic, but that that brought to mind Drew Brees. Mm. You know, when, when this whole thing last year about standing or kneeling for the national anthem, and you know he he stood firm in his his convictions that you know his his father or his, sorry his grandfather fought in World War II and his family was raised that you always stand for the flag hand, hand over heart, and he I mean granted the media shredded him for it. But 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 I was like, there's there's nothing wrong with that. That's his tradition, you know. Like just because there are things going on in the world doesn't mean you have to completely drop who you are, you yeah. know, to conform to what society wants you to conform to, you know. So yeah. I mean, it, it it is relevant relevant here too, as you were saying about being a threat to your identity. Yes, you know, because I really think that that definitely holds people back because they don't want in their circle to feel like they've changed. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny you say that because, you know, your circle is so important in that we are we are genetically programmed, regardless of religious beliefs, believe in God or not believe in God. I think everyone can agree that over, over a long enough timeline just of living as human beings, there's a certain genetic programming in that we do not want to be ostracized from the group because there was a point in time where if you were, it was you against the saber tooth tiger on your own, whether you're yeah. hunting it or being hunted. It was a thing back in the day where if you got kicked out of your tribe, it really meant death. Right now, it's yeah. it feels really bad, and you're sad, and your feelings are hurt, and maybe you shed a tear, but your survival is not in doubt. Back then, it was, and that's embedded in us as people. So you, you just expressed and articulated one reason of many why we have so much trouble picking up these habits. Because even someone, you know, they, they want to get fit. They're in a group of people that aren't fit. And we're not just talking about even like, a, you know, a physical standpoint, but the habits, whether they're consuming alcohol or consuming a certain diet or consuming certain, you know, they don't get sleep because they're night owls and are partying all night. There's things about these group of friends that they're doing that you could no longer do if you're making that choice to level up that station, whether it's physically, whether it's in your business, whether you've met someone new and you want to grow that relationship with it or anything else. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so true. Cause like I tell people it's part of my, my process is assessing your support system. And when you want to accomplish something, it's important to share it, you know, with the people in your circle. And then the ones that aren't so supportive, you just exclude them from that conversation. It's like, yeah. you don't have to cut them out of, out of your life, but just exclude them from that conversation. Be like, you know what? I want to write a book. Oh, you, you've never written a day in your life. You this, you that. And okay, so you're not the one to have that talk with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that doesn't mean you have to change your goal, right? So the people that aren't serving you well just limit your conversations with them. It's it's so funny you mention that because those doubters, and I'll call them haters, even if they're in your life, they actually yeah. to me they serve two. There's two responses to that. One a little more. They're both strategic in different ways. So for one, like you just articulated, like listen, you're just not going to include them in your conversation because it's going to tear you down. <clears throat> which I agree. I do that um, along with you. Another one I do sometimes, like when I'm making videos for my YouTube channel, and I'm going to say something that's a little out there, a little dramatic, or I'm going to insert my really silly sense of humor. There's one or two people I can think of in particular that are so um, snide and so negative and would try to make me feel so small if they saw me doing that, that I think about them like, you know what? I'm not ramping this up enough. I'm going to make it even more ridiculous. So I almost use those people as fuel because I figured... If, if they're still in the back of my mind, I'm probably doing something on a compromised level without even realizing it. So when I think about this stuff, like, okay, can I make this 
sillier? Can I make this more out there? Can I make this more in line with what I really mean and not be so scared that other people are going to laugh at me or they're going to think it's stupid or whatever it might be? So I use those people both as a way to push them away or when strategically important or useful to me as reminders or inspirations to really go more in line with who I am as a person so that I can grow better, faster, and quicker. Yes. And the other the other side, side to that as well is with people you don't know. Like, you know, if, if, if I post a video and, you know, I have close to 5,000, 5, you know, friends on my Facebook book list, I probably know 500 of them, <laughs> you know, personally. And if I post something and then somebody writes something, I just delete it. Mm. <laughs> I don't even entertain it, you know. Yeah. But you see, so many other people like they're going back and forth with these people. Like you don't, you don't even know this person, and yet you're giving them emotional control over you. Yes, you know what yeah. I mean. Don't, like, you like know, listen, <laughs> rent's expensive. Don't let, let someone live rent free in your head because yes, that should be the most expensive space on this entire planet. Yes, because other people. I mean, obviously, it lies with the person, but other people are the number one reason why people don't don't step into what they're meant to do because mm. they're worried about what the parents are going to say. They're worried about what the significant other is going to say. What are their kids going to think? What is, you know, the friends or the neighbors, like who, who cares what they think? Like every one of us were put on this earth with a unique set of fingerprints, yes. you know? And so just like we can sit here and talk about the, the, the law of attraction and the people listening, people are going to interpret that a thousand different ways. You know, yeah. so the way you explain something could resonate with someone differently from the way I explain something to the way someone else could explain something. But but nobody can get anything from you if you're holding it all in. Yeah, it's so funny. You mentioned law of attraction. It's such a loaded term, especially since The Secret. Ever since The Secret came out, yeah. people have, for better or worse, positive or negative, people have a very specific idea of what that even means. And it's also interesting because like right now I'm, I'm so fortunate the books, you know, independently is probably sold around 60,000 copies, give or take, probably oh. more like give um, since it came out. And yeah. some people will be like, well, of course, I mean, everyone buys law of attraction. I'm like, do they? I'm like, I, ent- I threw the book in a crowded space with literally a thousand other books in the midst of people that are already jaded because either the, the secret, they misinterpreted the secret or, or something else like that. So like, is, am I really leveraging something easy or is it difficult? Or am I also unaware? Do Are there more people that are still receptive to it than I realize? And yes, that it was a good move to do something like that. The truth is there's so many different realities and truths and and no one's ever going to know for sure. So it really comes down to kind of like, you know, our, our topic for today of of healthy habits. And for me, for the book, it's a healthy habit of engaging with my audience. It's a healthy habit of making sure I'm giving value. It's a healthy habit of when I'm on these conversations, trying to not make it about me, but trying to make it about good, useful points so that people, even if they never buy the book, they'll have a good positive takeaway from it. So it's it's all about whatever you're doing, whether it's an endeavor of your fitness, endeavor of business, endeavor of relationship, whatever else, how do you determine the healthiest habits that are consistent and congruent with who you are? And how do you make sure that you're actually following through on them? Yes, and like we mentioned before we went live about – I lost my train of thought. All right, so anyways. No, isn't that <laughs> actually – see, that, that right there is that's good. First of all, it's going to pop back at you before you know, and when it does, yeah. please interrupt me. But I think um, right there, some people will think like, oh, I lost my train of thought. This is so important. Like, listen, we've got so many important points to make. The, the truth is everyone has all these ideas, and you can get like 100 a day. You're only going to notice 15 tops because you're on such a thriving level, and that's what it is. I think it's yeah. cool. It's always like me. It's like, oh, I lost my train of thought. 
I can't even keep up with myself. People actually notice. This isn't even a joke. <laughs> and I notice this about myself, and I can almost be too self-critical. Sometimes my words will jumble over each other um, mm -hmm. because my brain is moving so fast, I can't speak fast enough to keep up with it. It's a really interesting thing. So, yeah, losing your train of thought. I'm like, cool. <laughs> we are on a really good track here. I actually went to therapy for stuttering because mm. they, they said that just my brain and mouth were not they were not in sync. Like my brain was going so fast and I was trying to keep up with it and I would end up jumbling over my words. And even sometimes now, if I get too excited, I'll ramble a little. I mean, I'll stutter a little. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's like, it's kind of like in many ways it's a gift. It means your brain is operating on such a level and there's so much inspiration pouring mm -hmm. through and, uh, Hey, what's up, Monique? Um, it's like, wow, what an, what an awesome thing. Like for me, I'm kind of like annoyed at myself every so often when I do it, because I just want to make an important point for the audience. But yeah. by that same token, um, I've been very, again, I'm very strategic in saying, okay, let me acknowledge this. Let me acknowledge that my brain is operating on, on such a level and yeah, I'll, you know, my words will catch up and, and I'll be able to be able to make it work. Yeah. But I'm just so psyched that there's so many thoughts that are usually very productive and useful and efficient. Um, that are popping in. I'm just a happy camper about the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So with, where I was going, you were right. It was going to pop back in. And <laughs> so that's like when you're on the road and there's cars everywhere, everywhere, mm -hmm. then you buy a new car. And then all of a sudden you you see that car now. Everywhere yes. you are, you see that car. Like before I, before I bought my, my Mazda, I never noticed Mazdas anywhere. And then now it's like everywhere I go, you know, like, and that's, it's, it's a small example, but that's proof that the law of attraction works. Yeah. You know, like, like we can tell the people listening right now, think in your head of a yellow Volkswagen Beetle. And I guarantee anyone that goes out on the road, they're going to spot them because I just pl planted that seed in their mind. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. And so some people are going to spot beetles that aren't yellow and they're going to tell themselves it's not working. Like, well, all those beetles that came out of nowhere, notice how you're still trying to find the reason that it's not working. Stop yeah. looking for the reason that's not, and of course the yellow one will pop up inevitably um, that day. Yes. But I think it's interesting also, like we, we always were many people. Um, I say we, as in us as a mass consciousness, yeah. we're often for whatever reason predisposed for looking for the reason why it won't work, not realizing that this is strategically damaging, not realizing how powerful our focus is. And PS, if I'm lying or deluded and you don't believe in the law of attraction, that's okay. Believe in the power and the science of your subconscious mind and how your brain and all the operative, like everything that's the most powerful supercomputer still on this world. You know, we haven't hit that singularity yet. We haven't hit that level of artificial intelligence that surpasses the brain. So your mind, your subconscious mind is still the mo most powerful computing system known to mankind, which again, so even though I believe in the law of attraction, if you don't believe in that, believe in this, when you are focusing on that job promotion that you want and you're feeding the instructions of, and you're thinking about it with confidence and certainty, rather than frustration and impatience, which is reinforcing the lack, but you're thinking about it with confidence and certainty, you're programming your subconscious mind to say, okay, let me work out the calculations to make this happen. I know all of a sudden without my person realizing this, they're gonna have a little bit more of a, a more confident cadence to their voice. They're gonna be sitting up straighter. They're gonna be coming up with more ideas in those meetings. They're gonna work, feel better about working on a Saturday. It won't feel like work. They're gonna find themselves because their brain has already done the calculations, walking around the corner to the vice president that they never get to speak at the right time so they can have a chance conversation where they share a chance idea that impresses them. Something is gonna happen. Again, I'm of the belief that 
it's all connected. Your subconscious mind, the universe, vibrations, energy, frequencies, it's all there. But if you don't believe in that, that's fine. Understand that at the very least, there's a powerful supercomputer that is sitting right there on the top of your neck right now in the middle of your skull that is serving you. It's serving you in the sense of what you want to reinforce. So again, going back to, do you want to reinforce all the reasons why something can't be good? Or do you want to strategically reinforce reasons why it can be good and why it is working out since that will enforce or reinforce and result in that better outcome for you? Spot on. And for the ones that don't believe in it, it's still happening because yeah. you, you're finding all of the negatives and you're being drawn to those negatives. <laughs> it's like, like that's, what that people, works. that's what people don't realize. So because I tell people you find what you look for. Plain yes. and simple. If you look for problems, you're going to find them. If you look for opportunities, you're going to find them. <laughs> that, that's that's how life works. And that's how the law of attraction works. Whatever, you, Like you said, whatever you're feeding yourself, that's what you're going to migrate to. Like yeah. that's, that's the essence of the law of attraction. It works both ways. You're along for the ride, whether you like it or not, which begs yeah. the question, okay, are you happy with your life right now? If you're not, you know, I don't want to get all Tony Robbins or over you know, it's, it's not really my personality, but if you're not happy with these results, perhaps a, a change or a pivot in your strategy, perhaps a different kind of outlook just to see what happens. Because, you know, the, the way I explain, you know, I'm almost telling people do five minutes a day of gratitude. And because I know on the back end, there's going to be an amazing manifestation, but at the very bottom level, and I'm not, I don't even remember if we spoke about this in our first conversation on your show, but the very bottom level, studies have shown that gratitude will increase your confidence, confidence, it will improve your sleep, it will reduce your anxiety. So no matter what, strategically, physiologically speaking, you are giving yourself a huge win by taking five minutes out to be grateful for what's in your life, where instead you could have been worrying about your relationship or your job or your business or the state of the world or something else. Why not give yourself the gift of those five minutes at the very least to feel good and give your brain an opportunity to be programmed with better images and better results that it should be striving for? Absolutely. And there's four words that I use because, as I said, we're just as human as everyone else. I'm sure you have you wake up sometimes and you have obstacles in your, your path. I wake up, I have obstacles in my path. And the four words that always get me through, it could be worse. Mm. You know, or is that three? It could be worse. Yeah, four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but no, like no matter what it is, all right, it could be worse. It's like all right, so my my furnace broke. Okay, my furnace broke, but I still have water. There's people in Africa that don't have water. Yeah, <laughs> I said so. I'm not gonna cry that my water's cold. <laughs> know what you I mean? Know, yeah, yeah. So it's so interesting, Rob. You you remind me. I did a recent video on YouTube um, where I like, even though the book has wonderful methods. If I come up with a new method, I'm not going to let that stop me from releasing it. So I put, a, you know, I'll put like new manifestation methods on YouTube. And one I, I call a recent one, I called the makeup chair method. And it was inspired by, I mean, I'm sure there's like a lot of Marvel fans out there and they know that, you know, Paul Bettany, he played uh, the vision in the Marvel cinematic universe yeah. movies. And they were having a conversation with him and uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays the Scarlet Witch. And they were with Kevin Smith interviewing them. And the thing came up with like, you know, how do you deal with those three or four hours of makeup every single day? You're sitting in that hot chair while they're, you know, they're making, they're joking because like, you know, Scarlet Witch, she'd have a much of an elaborate costume in those movies. Like for her, it's yeah. easy. And for him, this dude, he's got the, the heavy sticky makeup yeah. and he's miserable. And they're like, what do you do? It's like, well, first I think about all the money I'm making and everyone gets like a big laugh. And it's like, <laughs> seriously, no, it's like, what I do is I meditate on the long, long line of people that would gladly change places with me right now. Yep. The people that want to have that fame, that want to have that fortune, that want to have that that 
opportunity to be in the Marvel. Imagine you know you get to work opposite Iron Man and Captain America. You get to be mm. a superhero. Like he thinks of all the people that would gladly change places with him, and he sits through that makeup chair without any issue. And I think it's yeah. a wonderful perspective. <laughs> That's why I call it the makeup chair method. Anyone, you may not be a star of a Marvel movie, but whatever you're doing right now, there's someone that doesn't have the the same access to food, access to clean water, access to an iPhone, access to the device that you're watching this on, access to your mental uh, faculties and your inspirations and your ideas and opportunities to grow a business or start a business or create a business or serve other people or serve yourself. Like there's so much you have access to. You're living the makeup chair method. All you have to do is realize it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I mean, who who wouldn't love the opportunity to play a superhero? Because <laughs> I know I would. <laughs> Dude, I, you know what? I'll be honest. It will be annoying in makeup chair, but I will quickly realize, you know what? I'm down with it. Keep the makeup going. I'll sit here because yes. I will be pumped every single day. Have you seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I have. I have. In that last episode the, with the, the new Captain America suit? Mm-hmm. I it, sit there and I picture myself wearing that costume. That <laughs> looks funny. badass. And you know, the interesting thing about it is what I've noticed, and this could just be me, by the way, quick little reminder, we all have our own perspective and our own, um, you know, own, own points of view where we're pushing things. Yeah. It seems like the costumes are getting a little bit more comic booky and dramatic. They're taking a little bit more courageous leaps because the audience has bought into it already. So yeah. I think it's really interesting that they're they're upping that level of excitement where you're like, yeah, I could wear the bird costume because that <laughs> thing is awesome. Yeah. You know, it's like because in most cases, like I think they would use like darker colors and they're like, no, we're going to use like brighter colors with this guy and it's going to work. And it did. Absolutely. That, that's awesome. I love it. And, you know, uh, well, no, because I don't want to spoil it for people who, that haven't seen it. But um, but anyway, so what would be the first actionable step you would give someone that realizes that they're stuck in the rut? They need to start changing their thought their thought patterns. Like, mm-hmm. what what would be the first bit of advice you would give that person? So, <clears throat> I would preface this with saying again, I am a strategy guy. What I'm about to give you here is strategically sound, but it's also designed to give you an instant win. And this goes back to just five minutes of gratitude. Because let's say you could find a method. It could be in my book, my YouTube channel, or anywhere. You find a gratitude method that works. I'm happy to teach one or two on, on this conversation if you'd like but you find something that you enjoy and there's a magic there because what, again, what you're doing is you are, you're basically emotionally training yourself to see the bright side of things while simultaneously feeling good in the moment. And here's the thing, when you feel gratitude on a regular basis, again, I'm going to put the universe and law of attraction aside for now because I don't know how many people are with that or not. But again, I just want to get strategic here. Yeah. If you're doing this, you're going to find yourself coming up with more inspirational ideas. You're going to find ideas maybe of a business that you were scared to try and all of a sudden you see how it's possible. All of, like there's, there's so many authors, first of all, like nothing against publishing companies. Like if you want to get published by an official publishing company, there's good reasons to do it fine, but just understand there's nothing stopping you from going to Lulu or Amazon or something right now and publishing your book right now. I think t- sometimes people, they go with an assumption that they can't publish that book. They can't start that company. They can't go on that dating app. Oh my God, if someone found them on that dating app, how embarrassing would that be? Even though the love of their life is waiting for them on that dating app. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you go to gratitude for five minutes a day, you just pick one thing. It's going to start putting wheels in motion that you're just going to feel better. You're going to breathe easier. And it's going to let the ideas in for addressing whatever issue you might be having whether it's a health concern or a money concern or a relationship concern or a business concern or anything else. That's awesome. Great answer. Great answer. 
And then, so you you said you could teach one or one or two two things. Like, let's have at it. Yeah, man. So there's so many because I I'm sure I taught the time lapse on uh, on the last show, and I don't want I don't want to rerun over myself. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Well, one that even if I did taught, teach it last time, it's the easiest one to implement. So I'll I'll either teach it for the first time or reteach it. And um, this one's the gratitude blitz. And it's really simple. All you're going to do is you're going to set a timer. And it could be a timer for 90 seconds. It could be a timer for three minutes, five minutes, whatever you might be. And you're just going to think for as many things as you can to be grateful for. And there's different ways you can do this because when we're starting this, even though it should be simple, we make it more complicated than it needs to be. So you can do this around a theme. You can do a, a gratitude blitz on your body, all the body parts and body functions that you're grateful for. You could do it on your job, all the aspects of your job that you're grateful for. You could look around whatever room you're sitting in and do it about your room. Like, I'm not even going to think. I'm just going to look around the room I'm in. Oh, that's an awesome hat. Oh, this laptop is the best or whatever it might be. Or you can do a free-for-all where you just throw in different things from different pieces. There's one I was talking about, you know, publishing versus non-publishing um, with, an, with an official publisher. One thing I was so excited about self-publishing is because I made my own rules. And there's one uh, page in my book where it's just a gratitude blitz. There's no skips, there's no spaces. It's one long paragraph that takes up the whole page. And you know, a lot of, I think, copy editors would say I shouldn't do that, but it made my point for me. So you can do, okay, cookies, uh, TV, professional wrestling, video games, my first kiss, my first crush, my first job, my mentor. You, you, like, it could be a free for all. And the thing about this is, you know, when people do this for the first 30 seconds, to be honest, first time, maybe you'd be excited, but maybe you'd be like, meh, whatever. But when you get into 90 seconds, when you get into 120 seconds and you're actually thinking of things in your life, again, makeup chair method that people, you know, other people might not have that you're just grateful to have. You can be like, wow, you know, life's not perfect, but it is pretty good. Wow. I've got more than I've been acknowledging. Wow. Like this is, this is awesome. So gratitude blitz for me is it's the simplest, easiest, most powerful one to really get started right away. And I think coming, coming, I mean, I know we're still in the, in the pandemic, but you know, we, we've adapted to life now, but when it first hit, I think that showed us a lot, you know, when everything was shut down, (laughs) like literally everything was shut down. And then that definitely makes you sit back for a second and think like, wow, you know, like once, once you can't do stuff, it makes you appreciate human contact. Like, you know, I think, um, you know, we were talking about Marvel movies before. For me, like an annoying thing is like when you're in the movie and people, I'll I'll be honest, people are checking their phone or they're talking. It's like, be like, Mm. watch the movie. You're distracting people. They paid their ticket too. But by the same token, even though that probably will still annoy me, I will appreciate being in a crowd a lot more next time in a movie theater. I just appreciate the, the, the community group experience of watching that movie and when it hits the high points and everyone's cheering and, and this and that. So there's even that kind of layer. And just, you know, quick little pivot on that also, you know, the pandemic and everything. A lot of people thrived in different ways in the pandemic. First of all, like me, I I wish I'd started a YouTube channel a couple months prior, because if you started a YouTube channel in March or April of last year, your stats and your subscribers skyrocketed because people were bored out of their minds. Mm -hmm. So they went on YouTube and they subscribed to new channels. So there were people in certain situations, certain circumstances that they thrived within the confines of the pandemic. Not that they would want to remain in the pandemic but that they still manage to get wins in those challenging situations. Absolutely. Yeah. I started this show in, in the midst of all that once they shut, they shut my gym down, you know? And so rather than just wallowing in that misery, I was like, you know what? I'm going to create something that they can't take away from me. Mm. (laughs) You know, so so that's how we do that. So now 
getting back to looking in the mirror. So like the first step in my process is called the pain assessment, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, that's where you, you look in the mirror and you take a hard look at every facet of your life. And then you write down the things that you want to change. And then you write down the positive outcomes of changing that, that thing. So for me, it could have been, I'll just pick something. It could have been like, uh, I don't have enough time with the kids. Although mm-hmm. I, I do, but that's the first thing that came to mind. And it's like, I don't have, have much time with the kids. Like, how does that make me feel? And then what's the positive out- outcome of getting more time with the kids? Like some, something along those, those lines. How do you feel about that method? Well, I love that. So here's the thing. Like, I think there's, in my mind, at least right now in this moment, there's two main things that pop in that help us create consistency. There's the ease and joy of whatever it is that we're doing. And then there's the motivation. And fortunately, or hopefully you can combine the both. And what seems to me is you're speaking to the motivation. You were addressing the why. You were helping people through your that wonderful advice. You're going to get someone to a place where they have such a huge why, such a huge purpose, such a huge carrot on the end of the stick that it's now worth it to them to take those actions, to expend that energy, to have that focus, to follow through on that path. So I love that as a first step because I think whether it's the first step or really early on, you definitely need some kind of level of, I know with me when, you know, when everything, you know, fell apart in 2008, I needed some motivation. So I, um, I really resonate a lot with that, Rob. And, you know, thank you for sharing that. No problem. Yeah. Like, and it started with my fitness business and then I re I reworked the process. Like it's the exact same process I use. If someone comes to me and they say, all right, I want to lose 30 pounds. All right. So we got to start with why, what would that do for you? How would that make you feel? You know, like what happens if six months go by and you're still in the same exact place? You know, so so we went right right down that that process. I was like, you know what, I can I can make this so it covers any industry, <laughs> like yeah. like no matter what it is. Like if you want to write write a book, all right. So you want to write a book? Why? Who are you going to teach? Who are you going to serve? What's it going to do for you? You know, what happens if you don't write this book? You know, it, and you just go right right down the list. I help someone start a podcast. The exact same thing. I'm helping someone now start um, a YouTube channel and I'm helping him get all of his ideas and bring them to life. But that that process works for anything. But if you don't take that initial step to say, I need to change these things about me. And that's where a lot of people go wrong is they focus on the end goal of what they want without fixing here first. Yes. And, you know, just kind of going along those lines. And I want to, again, I defer to you, Rob. You're the expert, especially like in the fitness game here. But if we're talking about like 30 pounds, I'm also asking what kind of wins and how fast can we install wins throughout the process Mm -hmm. so that you can be happy and fulfilled and motivated and excited and grateful and see progress before you hit that that end goal. And I think part of it's also, you know, just like knowing yourself and saying, okay, like what, what what's this important piece about myself to make sure I'm really really resonating. I'm really down with this. I'm really ready to follow through on it. See, and that's key because I like, I tell, tell my clients celebrate everything and stop saying only. Yes. You know, stop saying, Oh, oh I only lost two pounds this week. You lost two pounds this week. <laughs> you know <what laughs> you I mean? lose them last week. No, if you're, you're making progress. Here you go. Exactly. I said, and you didn't lose it. You let it go. You know, <laughs> yep. cause, cause you can find what you lose. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> right. So if you let it go, it. <laughs> that's completely different. Just like you said, what you feed the subconscious mind is everything, you know? Yeah. So if you lose something, you can find it. If you let it go, it's gone. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's also, it's kind of like, uh, it reminds me of like another method of mine. I, I have this thing called uh, the pennies to, to millions method mm-hmm. where it's like, if you find a penny in the street, you should be celebrating that penny because that the universe just gave you free money. Yeah. Not as a, okay, this transaction is completed now, but more as a, hey, here's a little inkling. Here's a little taste. Here's a little sign of what's to come. So be excited because if you're excited, you're going to invite it faster and better. And if you're not, I'm going to just have to keep giving you this in penny form. And I remember the first time I experimented with that. Okay, let me look for a penny to be really excited about. I didn't find one, Rob. But what did happen was that day I went and I got food and the person gave me too much change, $2 worth. So mm-hmm. I w- I could have been upset that I didn't get a copper penny, but instead I'm like, well, I got 200 pennies just in a different form. And I was pumped. And that's what comes down to. It comes down to not only um, recognizing that the winds are there throughout the process, but just simply recognizing the winds, since sometimes they will come in a form that isn't as typical as you might have expected it to come. Yes. And just accepting your circumstance and just quickly focusing on solutions is huge. So my daughter and I, we went to Florida in November because we were tired of being cooped up. We're like, damn it, we're traveling. Right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so we went down to Florida. And a couple days prior, I went to the bank and I withdrew money. And so and I used that money to pay my, my rent. And so, and that's relevant. I'll t- tell you why, why in a minute. So I'm here in Rhode Island. We were flying out of Boston. It's about an hour away. So we drive up to Boston. We, we left at like 4.30 in the morning because we had an early flight. We were supposed to be down in, in Orlando by 9.30 a.m. You know, so we had that morning plan. Like we couldn't check into the resort until 4, but we, we already had activities planned for when, when we get down there to kill the time. So get up to Boston, and I'm parking my car at uh, the parking place. Take out my wallet. My ID is not in there. I was like, oh. I said, all right, maybe I fell out in the car. All right, so I go back to the car, tearing the car apart. I'm like, oh, my Lord, like, what, what, what's going to happen here? I'm like, I need my ID when we get to the airport. And so I was like, all right, what is happening now? Come to find out when I paid my rent, I never took my license out of the envelope. Mm. Right? So the, I was like, I said, all right, all right. So let me call the airline. Let me cancel the initial flight. We'll drive back to Rhode Island. Uh, see if I can get my landlord up and see if I can get that license. So I'm texting him because I, I don't want to call him. It was slightly after 5 a.m. at this point. And so we're driving back to Rhode Island. My daughter's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, we're going to get to Florida. I said, it'll be a little late, but we're going to get there. And so, like I said, so I, I canceled the flight because they wanted to charge me to change it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, with COVID, I thought there were no cancellation fees. <laughs> so, so I just canceled it. Said, let's drive back home and then I'll book another flight, whatever. So once I get the license. So fortunately, and it happens to be right here, I had my old license mm. still still in the car. So I was so I get back down down here. I'm still waiting to hear back from my landlord. I don't hear anything. So I'm Googling TSA, like, could I use my old license to get through get through TSA? And it did say yes, but I'd have issues with the rental car. So anyway, so I go online for the DMV and I ordered a replacement license and I kept the certificate. I mean, the uh, the receipt. 
And so I still don't hear from, from the landlord. So I book another flight. We start driving back up to Boston. And my daughter's like, what if this doesn't work? I said, what if it does? <laughs> right? and so what, what if it does? I said, worst case scenario, we drive back to Rhode Island again. <laughs> so, so we get up there. I park the car. I was able to get through TSA with the old license. But he even told me, like, when you get down to Florida, rental car companies won't take that. And I said, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right. So we land in Florida now. And I called the rental place and I'm talking with the woman. I said, listen, I said, I, I screwed up and I need help. I said, you know, my daughter and I were down here for a few days and I, I lost my license. I said, I, I, I lost it. I got a replacement and I have my old one and I have multiple forms because like when I was here, I got my social security card. I got my birth certificate. <laughs> I said, I have multiple forms of ID. And so she's like, well, you'll have to check with the manager on duty and they may be able to help you. I said, so you're saying there's a chance? She's like, she's like, yes, there's a chance. And I looked at my daughter and said, we're getting a car. You know, it's like, I just, I just knew it. So we get there and I, I put it all on me. I said, I walked, I said, listen, I royally screwed up and I need, I need a favor. And, and then, so I told him what happened. He's like, oh, he's like, don't worry. He's like, we got you, you know? And, and, and I just shared that because the mentality has has to be there sometimes for things to work in your favor. Yeah. If I if I went in there like you people need to do this and your policy is this and you know if I went at it with that attitude, we probably wouldn't have gotten what what we wanted. So all we sacrificed instead of getting there at nine thirty, we got there I think a little after four. You know, so we lost a few hours, but by staying positive, staying focused on the end goal, everything fell in line. Yeah, you you also gained a wonderful teaching moment for you know for her right it's yeah. like that those few hours that you lost in that moment actually have carried less impact of this story for her in particular yeah. to carry through with her life whenever a challenge comes up yes yes exactly and like we were having those discussions you know on the two the two hour drives just t- telling us like you stay positive you know life throw, throws your curveballs at times and you just but curveballs can be hit <laughs> and they can be hit out of the park a New York fan, even Marion Rivera got, got lit up a, a few times there. Like yeah. anything can get hit anything. Exactly. You know, so like, I just wanted to use that story to just reinforce that what you focus on is what's going to come to pass in yeah. both cases. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what if it doesn't work? It's like, what if it does? I kind of like, I heard like the section, like, like I'll do you one better. What if it does? Yeah. Why is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My, uh, I'll, I'll have to credit you, man. I'll call it the why is Gamora method. It's like, I'll do you one better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. And I, I say that all the time. Like, I remember even, I'll use a quick, a quick story. We were doing a Tough mutter. My, my clients and I, there were a bu- bunch of us. So we get the funky monkey. So it's like a long uh, monkey bar and it angles up. So the Ooh, angles up, angles that, down. That's and first half. Yes. And there's water underneath you. And so we get to it and like everybody around us, they're, they're taking off their hydration packs. And so I get up to it and I have mine on. And some of my clients like like, Rob, Rob, you didn't take off your pack. I said, I know. I don't plan on falling. <laughs> that's you know? cute. i love that i I'm love like, that i'm like you're taking yours off because you feel falling is a real risk i ain't falling 
<laughs> that's why I left mine on. That is brilliant, man. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yep, as you know, attitude and my, mindsets, everything. <laughs> oh, that is so. You know, it's so funny. Like I'm, I'm blown with that. So well stated because I think that articulates so many things and that transcends so many different scenarios and situations. It's like people. It, because what they're doing is makes it's common sense, actually. You know, they're they're yeah. doing the right thing. It makes sense. But, yeah. but by the same token, they are implanting or preparing for failure in yeah. a way that just didn't even touch your awareness. Yes, absolutely. And that translates into everyday life. People say, oh, well, I, I want to do this. But what if, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, with the negative what ifs? It's like, well, what if I invest in this and I lose all my money? What if you invest in it and you triple it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so so it's like if if you just lean into the positive, what if? Be mindful that you know the negative things can happen, but step into the positives. Yeah, and you know, it's like don't don't overextend yourself in a way that it's like it's it's just silly. But by the same token, know that there's so much victory, there's so much triumph waiting there for you. And yeah. you know, also like you know, it's a bit of a of a sidebar and a pivot. But like when you're encountering situations like that. A good question to ask that might um, kind of yield an answer is, how do I make sure, how can I ensure that there's a win out of this no matter what? Meaning, even if this thing doesn't go this exact way, what can I do to make sure I get a win out of this? Yes. Always worth asking. Exactly. And I want you to to share again why you go by Andrew Cap instead of Kaplan. Yeah. Well, there's another author already who wrote a ton of books under that name. So it's like, I like, listen... Do I cannibalize his sales in my own by adding confusion to the mix? Or do I say, listen, I'll just I'll just shorten it. And people probably think it's because I'm wearing a cap and I can't spell, but I don't care. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a simple thing where it's like, listen, someone already done it, but did I panic? Did I say, oh my God, this is over? Like, no, I'm just gonna move forward. And by the way, here's something that it's kind of funny, even with the YouTube, it's less to type, meaning I've made myself more easily accessible through this situation. So yeah. I got to win in so many ways. It's easier to say my name. It's easier to type out my name. It's all these different things. But yeah, it was just an answer of like, I did not want to um, screw this other person over or myself just because I'm trying to compete with his name. And by the way, you know, it's not even on the book cover because no matter what name I used, the book, the, the title is what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, really the reader is the star, but if anything's a star other than the reader, it's the book, it's not me. So it's also like this attitude that also mean that I maintained that I believe helps me write a more useful, more helpful book. Love it. And even with my name, Robert Foster is a very common name. I mm. think in, I think in Providence alone, there's like 16. I <laughs> you know, I and then it. and if you Google, there, there's many. That's why I always put my middle initial in there, Robert B. Foster. And think about Michael Jordan, right? You just thought about the basketball player, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's why Michael B. Jordan. So you put in Michael B. Jordan, you don't you don't necessarily go right to the basketball player now. Yeah. Talk but about, if, by the way, dude, talk about not taking your pack off before you do Funky Monkey, before you do the monkey bars. Yeah. That dude is, is I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it in Hollywood with Michael with the name Michael Jordan. You know, like that's that's bold right there. Yeah. That's someone that's like, oh, there's no I'm going to redefine the name and make sure that people know who I am. And he did. Exactly. And see, and that's one one area where LeBron James kind of hurt himself by taking Jordan's number. Because even as great as he reached, mm-hmm. 23 is Michael Jordan, dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you always want to, you never want to be the next anyone. You always want to be the first you and on yeah. every level, you know, and I, I could not agree more. And, um, it, it's funny. It's, it's interesting. Cause again, I was, I was a Derek Jeter person and I, I see, you know, no offense. I've seen shortstops that they'll take his number and I'm like, don't take his number, make your own yes. because I'm glad you're inspired by him. Like whatever you can do to be inspired. Cool. But like your legacy, like take a different number as a shortstop, please. Like, that that's but by the way that's just my perspective i could be yeah. wrong they're the ones making all that money and all that success in the big league so more power to them yeah and, and again but that's the differentiator because even though they're all professional athletes there's still levels yeah just just like in business there's there's levels like you mentioned tony robbins earlier i just did his and dean graziosi's uh five-day challenge mm. and when when, when both of them, like when both of them get up there to speak, like it's just a different level. Like I feel like I'm good and I feel like I'm I'm up there. Now I'm not up there like income wise. I have no desire to be a billionaire. But just when Tony talks, like you, like you get shivers, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like there's just different levels. And what I try to get through to people is to just go up one level, just one. You know, but but we worry about getting where Tony is. So, like, I don't want to get to where Tony is. Like, my, my first step is I want to get to where I'm making six figures with my podcast. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I don't, I don't need millions and billions. I just want six figures here and then another six figures from speaking gigs. You know? I it's love like, it. Like, that's it. Just, love, just get to one level. Then once I'm there, we'll worry about what's next. And you, you also get you know, a very important distinction. Like you look at Tony Robbins and like, yeah, you can be like, whoa, how do you do that? It's like this fine line of, of looking around and saying, how can I be inspired and what can I learn and what can I take away without unfairly comparing myself? Because, yeah. we, you know, I'll say this, you, me, everyone, there's certain things that Tony Robbins can't be that we are automatically. Yeah. And, you know, th there's people that are watching this show right now that are going to get way more out of you than they can out of Tony just because... His vibe is different from theirs, how it resonates. His yeah. approach is like, you know, again, I, I look at them as like levels above, but also there's there's a uniqueness to, to us that yeah. he can never touch. I think it's important for people listening because they're comparing themselves to someone no matter what. Yeah. And um, like, I think you lead by a wonderful example. I think just the yeah. way you the way you do the show, just to give you credit, because I'm, I'm sure even if guests tell you this, they don't tell you on air often, the intentionality of your questions. And again, I'm... Being a two-time guest, but you know, but you know, the, don't mind me. Like, I have had a backstage pass to your process, and I can see this perfect combination of preparation and winging it, and winging it in the sense that you've already prepared. You've prepared through your life experience. You've prepared through the things that you've put yourself through. You've like all this stuff. It's just, it's a it's really awesome, man. So I'm kind of like I'm almost jealous of all the people that get to learn through the lens of you for like from that beginning. It's like it's a wonderful position. So just because we leaned into this direction, man, I just want to give you props, man. I'm oh like again, it's time number two. I always love our conversations on and off camera, and I'm really enjoying this conversation. And I'm I'm trusting and hoping that's been very useful for a lot of people so far. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure sure it has. Again, I have a. Like I learn stuff from every guest that comes on here. Like I say at each show, I, I have a notebook down here, and I take notes on everyone. You know, and you you always you always come with with the fire. You know, there you go. The, the, the cat pages, right? Though we'll get, uh, get a special feature. By the <laughs> way, dude, I would pay good money whenever you decide to publish those notes in a book. I'm mm. sure they will be pure fire. 
purifier. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm actually working on on a, a book called Shut Up and Grind. Yes. So I have the first six chapters done so far. I love so, it. Yeah, I love um, it, man. Yeah, can't can't wait to can't wait to get that out. It's and like starting it was a because I wrote the title a decade ago, <laughs> and I finally <laughs> finally just started putting it together. <laughs> it's dude. I think I forgot to tell you. Like, I'm not sure if I told this to you on the first time, but when I did my book, I designed the cover very early on in the process, and I would have it on screen and kind of like meditate on it and early in the morning mm. before I wrote that next chapter. Okay. Always reminding myself, like, what am I here? Am I here to write another book? Or am I here to write the last one they'll ever need? And I like love really it. meditated on that. So I, I love, man, that you've got you've got that title ready. It's going to be guiding you through the whole process, man. I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome when you, awesome. When you put it thank, out. Thank you. Yeah, and and with the format of the show, you know, the first several I did it the stereotypical. Send me, send me a bio, send me, uh, you know, your talking points, and what. And I just didn't like it. Like it wasn't genuine. I found I spent an hour with the person and didn't really get to know them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that was my thing. It's like I want to know all the all the murky areas. You know, like it, it's very easy to, to we can come on here, spend an hour talking about about your book, but I want to connect the audience with you. Yeah, you know, I appreciate it, man. You know, and say, you know what? So by the end of the show, they're gonna want to read the book. Hopefully, you know, just just from <laughs> just from getting to know you yeah. better. Yeah. So it's like I definitely I definitely wing it, but. I mean, I'm a trained speaker, so it's like we've we've practiced doing this. Like they'll in our speaker boot camps, they'll, they'll tell you, "All right, water bottle, go," and then you have to take your core story and weave that water bottle into it. All right, next rainbows. All right, and then you go and you got to work rainbows into your stories. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's it's very. I don't want to say it's easy for me because it's something I had to learn to do. But just as we're talking, like I said, I jot things down that that I want to expand on. And then we expand on it. And then yeah. the conversation just naturally unfolds. You you never have painted yourself into a corner. You're like, okay, well, I've got this level of preparation. This should make sure the conversation goes good. And now it's, let's see where it goes. See, and then that's where understanding your life stories is key. Because then I'll know based on what you share, I'll know which story to share. You know, like we were Amen. saying before, before we went live, when I posted in that group, you know, what's your biggest uh, challenges telling your story? And just a lot of the answers were people like, oh, well, like knowing how, how to tell it, like who's going to listen, nobody cares. And it's like, no, no, I'm telling you, there's part, this parts of your story that's relevant to the conversation. You know, like if I just open the show telling the story about the funky monkey in the pack, it, it would have no, no bearing on, on anyone's life. Mm-hmm. But given what we were talking about, that was the, the right time to talk about having that courage and that faith in, in your ability to accomplish the task. Perfectly timed. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. So give us a final word because I actually have a softball game at 1230. All right. Well, real quick. First of all, thanks everyone for watching. Thank you, uh, Mr. Robert B. Foster for having yeah. me. Anyone that wants to check out the book and feel free to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto forward to the Amazon listing. But if you don't want to pull out your wallet, youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. Um, you can check out the makeup chair, makeup, makeup chair method rather. Um, <laughs> haven't done the makeout chair method, but uh, we'll see where that one I was about goes. to say, hey now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where I go with that one. Um, but also, just you know, final note is I hope um, that someone, if, if there's any kind of inspiration that popped in through any conversation, anything that um, either one of us brought up, I would encourage people to follow the thread, go down that road, see where it takes them, and if nothing else, just do five minutes a day of gratitude. They may be really 
pleasantly surprised by what comes of it, even if it's just the feelings in the moment that they experience. Love it. That's awesome, man. Well, again, thank you very much. And still, anytime you want to come back on and share, you know, you have you have the schedule link, link it up and we'll continue the conversation because we can never no, but this is such an easy topic to speak on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, very, very easy. Now there's like a level of competition. I got to beat that other person to be the first three-time person. So we'll <laughs> see where it goes. But, um, dude, I, I always enjoy these conversations. I'm so grateful to you for having me on today. My pleasure, man. Anytime. All right. So you have yourself a great day. Awesome. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. All right, so that was Andrew, the second two-time guest. So the law of attraction, yeah, it may sound cliche-ish, but I'm telling you, it, it works. Whether And if you don't think it works, it's working. It's just working in the other direction, right? So step into what it is you want to do. Try his gratitude blitz. If you don't know what that is, go back about a half an hour or so where he talks about setting a timer for like anywhere from 60 to 120 seconds and just start rattling off things that that in your life, in your life, in your business, just in your world that you that you have gratitude for. And just see what comes out and see how far you can stretch it in those two minutes because I'm going to do it my, myself after my softball game, right? And just see how that will help change things for you, all right? So that's all I have for you. I'll be back on today's Sunday, right? So I'll be back on Tuesday with Jody. All right, guys, have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.